All right, and welcome to the Running Anthropologist podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lane Holbert, coming to you live through your earbuds, through your speakers from our home studios in Tampa, Florida. And we're super excited for our May the 4th Be With You special episode, bonus episode number four. Without a delay, let's get started. And we're really excited to have Michael Wardian with us today, uh, the foremost runner in trail running, as well as 50K, 100K, 50 mile, and so many other great challenges that he's put on himself over the past few years. But starting out from humble beginnings, I would say, in just running the Boston Marathon uh, when in 1997, and from there moving on to be on uh, Team USA representing uh, the U.S. In, in trail running, as well as many other events and exploring across the world uh, the culture of running. So welcome to the show. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. Definitely. So again, thanks, thanks so much for uh, being with us. I know that uh, your time is limited, so let's, let's dive right into the topic of what, uh, what is an ultra and why would a crazy person do this and put themselves through it? What what got you started? Why 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 would you push yourself to go on a trail and go that far? And how far is it? Yeah, so um, it's actually it's it's an interesting question. It's um, so the definition that most people use for an ultra marathon is any distance longer than a, a standard marathon, uh, which is forty two kilometers or 26.2 miles so the kind of traditional distances for ultra marathons are 50 kilometers which is about 31 miles uh 50 miles or 80 kilometers um 100 kilometers which is around 62 miles and then 100 miles uh which is like 168 kilometers or so Mm -hmm. and i mean they range depending on if you're running on trails or roads and I'd say the reason I got into ultramarathons, and I think a lot of people get into ultramarathons, is to see if it's possible. Like, to, like I just didn't believe that people could do it. <laughs> and then once I knew people could do it, I was like, wow, I want to see if I can do that. And it's kind of progressed where now I've, like, you know, won ultramarathons and set world records. And, um, you know, actually tomorrow we're going to go for some world records of part of the team that I'm, uh, you know, the team Hoka One One that I'm a team member on. And so it's, it's kind of amazing to, you know, start out just wanting to see like, oh, if I can even finish one of these things to being like, oh, I want to see if I can be the best in the world at, <laughs> at this. That's amazing. And thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Um, of, of all the things that you've done, um, one of the things we do on the podcast I've, I've mentioned to you is taking joy or sharing joy and the joy of others and, and trying to learn from each other, you know, to be inspired and not to, uh, you know, to share those running experiences. I, I think you, I've read before that you've straddled the road and the, and the trails. You're one of the runners who loves both. Um, and recently you were at Big Sur. And I know that's one of your favorite runs. Could you tell us why why Big Sur is so special as a as a trail run in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, uh, Big Sur is a road run. Oh, it um, is. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's a run right on Highway One. Ah, okay. Um, on, so you're like kind of it's. I'd 
say it's probably the most trail-like road run that I've done so <laughs> far, and um, that it's it's pretty hilly. Usually, it's kind of tough condition, but it's stunningly beautiful. So you're you're running with the mountains on one side and the and the Pacific Ocean on your on your other side, which you know, the mountains. The way that it's run, the mountains are on your right, the Pacific Ocean's on your left. You have these sweeping views of, you know, descending cliffs and, and the water's kind of crashing along and you can hear the birds and and um, then you go across these this, this really epic bridge called Bixby Bridge and there's piano playing and um, you're just getting the, this amazing California experience while you're running. It's yeah, by far one of the most beautiful places I've ever had the opportunity to run, and it's super special to me. I've been, I won the race I think twice so far, and um, you know, been on, been on I think all around the podium. I think to this last weekend I finished fourth overall, and um, so I've been I think first, second, third, fourth. I don't know, uh, and multiple times. And so <laughs> everything in between. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's it's been uh, it's been quite an amazing um, experience, like getting to run Big Sur. And the thing that makes it so special, and I take a lot of joy, is just like the the people that put the race on, the organization, our runners, and you can kind of get. A, I don't know if you've ever done races where you can tell the people are runners and and they really get runners, and so mm, definitely um, you can you can feel that while you're there. You know, things are. Things are uh, carefully orchestrated so that you have a great experience, and um, and for me, that's that, you know that's something that I want to support. And you know, any any time I get the chance to run, I, I take advantage of it. So starting with that, um, you know, stage stage running, destination running, starting with that first uh, Himalayan uh, trip and the the Sahara uh, challenge in Morocco. Um, you know, would you would you recommend for runners to to go out and do uh, destination runs as a way to discover the world, basically? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the, the best things about uh, running is it strips away a lot of the barriers and and a lot of the things that you know can kind of divide us as people. And you know, if you're at a race, uh, everyone's just a runner and. Uh, you're kind of sharing that experience together and I think it brings people together in a way that uh, not many things do and uh, that's one of the things I love about it but I also enjoy like the opportunity to kind of explore the world under my own power and so uh, you get to see so much while you're running and um, you can you can cover like these huge distances and uh, get a real feel for a place Um, I think one of my favorite things in the world is coming in somewhere and, um, you know, just getting off the plane and putting on my shoes and heading out from the hotel or the Airbnb or whatever and, and kind of getting a feel for, like, what's going on. Because as soon as you're running, no one knows if you're, you know, rich or poor or uh, American or uh, Canadian or uh, from another part of the world. Like, they're just like, oh, there's a runner. Like, <laughs> you just fall into this this category and you get to see things the way they really are. And, um, I think that's special. I mean, there's not many times in, in your life where you can just, you know, kind of be out there doing what you love. And, um, for me, it's a great way to like showcase the world to our family. So, uh, our boys are 
12 and 10, Pierce is 12 and Grant's 10, and they've already been to 19 countries. So, so cool. Um, the opportunity to kind of get to share the world with them through running and um, making friends all over the world is, is incredibly special. Um, I, I think that you're the perfect running ambassador and, and running anthropologist. Um, so let me just ask you to take a quick step back with us to help us conceptualize how one might get started on this long-distance running path. And actually, you'd never done any distance running, but you were a lacrosse player at, uh, my humble opinion, the best university, Michigan State. Go green. And, um, well, next, uh, what happens then? And then I uh, picked up running kind of like the middle end of my junior year um, to, uh, I visited a friend of mine's house, a guy named Vince Voison, and his mom had just finished the Boston Marathon. Her name was Vicki Voison, and she uh, she was kind enough to uh, give me a packet, and, and I decided basically at their house over Easter that I was going to try to run the Boston Marathon, and it's the... Uh, it's, I was saying to some guys yesterday on the team, uh, tomorrow uh, I run for Hoka One One, and we're going to go for some world records. And a lot of those guys grew up running. And, uh, you know, I said, like, it's crazy how one decision can kind of shape your future. But, you know, that, that moment in time, I decided I'm going to try to run the Boston Marathon. I figured it'd be kind of a one-and-done type thing. And uh, didn't even realize that you had to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And, so when I, when I, uh, yeah, I had no idea like anything about running at all other than, you know, people did it, but, uh, you know, didn't grow up around it. My parents weren't distance runners. Um, like nobody I knew, uh, had done a marathon so, except my friend Vince's mom. And so, um, you know, I decided I, I wanted to do it and, uh, qualified in my first marathon by running three hours and six minutes at the uh, Marine Corps Marathon, really close to where I grew up in Arlington, Virginia. Um, I actually grew up in Oakton, and I'm currently living in Arlington, but the Marine Corps is in Arlington. Uh-huh. And uh, and then uh, went to Boston, uh, figuring like, oh, this will be a, you know, a really cool experience, and I might as well try to break three hours, because um, that'll make me like a real runner. And... Um, and then I can, you know, kind of go and do some other things that had always been interesting and, um, got completely hooked. I was, I, I started in Boston and, um, was just taken by the energy and the enthusiasm of the crowd and the other athletes. And, um, I just wanted to keep having that feeling. So I just, I just kept with it and, uh, started setting little goals, like to make the, the local running team, a team called Pacers, they were kind of the best team in the area, and I feel like maybe I was missing a little of um, the team environment that I had with lacrosse, and, and I thought it'd be kind of a cool cool thing to be on the team again, and uh, you know, after about six months of trying, I, I qualified for the, the team, they invited me onto the team, and then from there I decided, you know, I wanted to you know, kind of be the top guy on the team, and then from there uh, be like one of the top guys in the region. And then, you know, eventually I started running lots of marathons. Um, like in that fall, I figured I'd just do a bunch of the, the big city marathons again and kind of get it over with. And, you know, I would do some triathlons and stuff. And, uh, I did uh, Marine Corps, Chicago, New York. And then I heard about a race called the JFK 50 miler, which was some, some trail, but, um, I just didn't even think you could run 50 miles at one time. <laughs> uh, 
I just didn't think it was possible. Like I, I just when the guy told me that, I just didn't believe him. Um, but yeah, you you totally can. And and I figured, um, you know, I had a good chance to win if if it, you know, the time was about six hours and ten minutes now at that point or something. Okay. To, that would kind of win you the race, and I figured if you kind of double your marathon time, then you know that's that's about about what it would take to run fifty miles and. Uh, anybody that's run 50 miles or 80 kilometers knows that uh, it's not just doubling your marathon time. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot more than that. But uh, in my in my naive head, that's what I thought. And of course, like I I did not win, and I barely finished, um, but I did finish. And and so that's kind of when I got into trails, and um, I, I enjoyed it. But I, I liked running fast, so I kind of focused on uh, running fast, and then I kind of switched and started doing some triathlons. And, um, from there, I wanted to run an, or compete in an Ironman. So I did uh, Ironman Lake Placid in 1999 and then shifted back from that after after completing that in, I think, around 12 and a half hours or so. So not, like, not, not you know, one of the top guys for sure, but... Um, you know, I was a little worried, like just to beat the cutoff. So I definitely did that. And from there I went and back to running. I, I heard about a race called the Marathon de Saab, which was a, a self-supported stage race in, um, in the Sahara desert in Morocco. And wow. so I saved up money. Yeah. I saved up money for like three years to, to be able to afford the entry fee. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And I went, and I uh, I did really well. It was it was really interesting. Each day, uh, everyone else was kind of getting weaker, and uh, I was kind of finding my form. So it was the first time that I kind of realized I had some some talent um, at at doing the longer stuff and kind of the off road stuff. Uh, and yeah, just kind of progressed from there to doing some uh, more adventures. I'd always been smitten by travel and so uh, I traveled to India in 2001 kind of right after uh, 9-11 which was pretty scary for an American traveling overseas and hmm. competed in a race called the 100 mile, uh, Himalayan 100 mile stage race and ended up winning that but on that uh, mountaintop overlooking kind of Mount Everest I, uh, I decided I wanted to try to go back to doing a lot more road running and, and to try to qualify for the Olympic trials in the men's marathon. And so I wanted to try and qualify for the 2004 Olympic trials in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. And I uh, ended up ended up doing that. So I dropped wow. my time from about 2.30 down to sub 2.22, which was the old standard. Um, so I ran 2.21, <laughs> just kind of getting <laughs> under the under the mark I needed. And, and then from there ran uh, in the 2004, 2008, 2012 Olympic trials, um, qualified for some 100K and 50K world teams for the U.S. Um, actually, I was an eight-time 100K uh, runner for the U.S. and, and a three-time uh, 50K uh, athlete for the U.S. And actually, tomorrow, I'm hoping to try to get another qualifier to, to represent the U.S. again in, in 100K. So, wow. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, we all wish you luck out there in qualifying and also in setting yet another world record with the Hoka One One team in Sonoma. I know you guys will have fun trying regardless. The next little bit that I wanted to ask you about was, uh, so anyone can see, I think, that watches you or that follows you 
on Instagram or Facebook, they can see the joy that you take in, in challenging yourself. And it's, I, I think it's inspiring to, to younger runners and inspiring to people that just want to push themselves to see what they can do. Um, and some of those challenges that you've set for yourself over the past couple of years have been really just super groundbreaking and impressive, including um, this uh, trek across Israel, which is on the Israeli National Trail. Is, is that right? Yeah, that was right. Yeah. Um, what what was that like? I mean, do you go through towns? Do you most are you mostly um, just seeing the the countryside of Israel? What what kind of you know cultures and people did you encounter along the way? Uh, it's actually amazing. So um, the Israeli National Trail is is a one thousand sixteen kilometer um, multi uh, dimensional trail, in that it's it's got road running it's got trail running it's got uh fording of rivers and um mountain climbing in in a little bit of a sense um and the way i did it is it runs from north to south or south to north and um it's the way that i did it i started in the south in a place called Alaf, um and i ran to a, a place called kibbutz Dan, which uh, kibbutz is kind of like a a collective where people live together and kind of share resources. Um, and I started like right on the Red Sea and ran uh, past the Mediterranean up to the Golan Heights, so like the border of Syria and Lebanon. Hmm. I, I don't know if your audience knows uh, that part of the world very well. Before I didn't, I went. I didn't know much about it other than what I read in the newspapers and saw on TV. Um, and what I thought was so amazing about the Israeli National Trail, and uh, I got to give a, a quick shout out to my friend uh, Zoli Bahari at Kanan Running, because he's the one who kind of brought this to my attention and made it all possible. So uh, okay. if any of your audience is, is going to uh, have uh, the opportunity to go to Israel or is inspired by you know what I was able to do, if, if they follow along on my Instagram, they can kind of see some of the some of the diversity that that is laying out there for them if they decide to choose to go. But it, it's, it's pretty incredible. It's like, uh, the, the part near a lot is, is very, um, uh, desert. Um, it's lots of mountains, lots of, um, lots of heat, but also just, uh, incredible landscape. So it's, it's kind of barren, but also uh, full of life. Like I was hmm. lucky because they had about 130% of their annual rainfall. So the, the desert was blooming in places that doesn't usually have color. And so there was wildflowers and, and shrubs that, you know, were coming into bloom while I was running, wow. um, which was amazing. Uh, and then you're just, you know, getting the, the very vastness of the desert and uh, all that that encompasses. And so it's, it's the first about five days. So it took me 10 days, 16 hours and 36 minutes to run 631 miles. So for me, that was kind of a, the biggest kind of adventure that I'd ever chosen to undertake. Um, and really tested me in a lot of different ways. Like I didn't know if I could you know, run that far each day. I didn't know how the recovery was going to look. I didn't know if I'd be able to keep eating, uh, and keep consuming calories during it. And so, all those things kind of worked out pretty well for the most part, uh, which was what, you know, pretty incredible. Uh, and, uh, 
fantastic. I mean, it was everything I was hoping it would be. And I think some of the things that really stuck out to me were um, the Israeli running community really kind of embraced me and, and, and this journey and their trail in the country. And so it kind of brought together a lot of the, the community of Israel that, that is focused on running and not just the trail running, but also some road runners and, and people that are just uh, interested in fitness and, and adventure. And so that was to me really cool. And probably the highlight was getting the opportunity to like at some days I ran with, you know, maybe one or two other people. And then, uh, at other points it was like a Forrest Gump movie with you know, 20 <laughs> or 30 people running with me. And, and, and the landscape, as I said, is really diverse. The first five days were desert. Uh, the second or, or the next three days or so were, uh, kind of near the ocean. So the Mediterranean, uh, with the, you know, very blue water and you're running on beaches and, by aqueducts and huh. fields and and then at the end it was pretty mountainous so uh the trail marker is orange for desert blue for uh the sea and then white for the mountains and it's it's unbelievable but there is like snow-capped mountains in israel uh, they actually have like a ski resort um you know it's not a huge mountain but um it's it's big and huh. so uh for me it was it was cool just to kind of learn about uh, the culture, and, and there are a lot of different cultures and things going on. So you have um, you have uh, Jewish faith is, is, you know, a big part of uh, Israel, but then there's also Christians and Muslim uh, and an Arab culture, and then there's different sects within all those, right? So you have uh, people that are living in these kibbutzes, you have uh, Orthodox uh, Jews, um, and then you have uh, Christians, and then also like all the different you know, divisions within Christianity. But uh, you're kind of getting to run through all the different aspects of um, the country. So like you could be like in a completely remote, like no one around uh, mountains, and um, you know something happens, no one's going to save you. And then at other points, you're running down one of the biggest cities in the world, <laughs> like Tel Aviv, and um, you know through traffic and. Uh, industrial parks and then uh, coming out and then all of a sudden you're back in the woods again and so uh, for me it was a great way to see the country like I, the unfortunate part is I didn't get to see a lot of the tourist sites okay. um, but that's something that hopefully I can go back with my family and kind of catch up on yeah that's amazing what a great narration for us I, just to conceptualize what that was like and I, I know you know you've had other adventure runs uh, as you mentioned Earlier, one of your first was uh, in the around Mount Everest on that challenge, and you've yeah. built you know you've built year after year trying to do. I mean, you really are consecutively building on distance running to be the strongest distance and trail runner and road runner combined, um, the best. Uh, the the other challenge that I think proved that for me was this seven seven seven. Um, w- would you be willing to just, you know, very briefly tell, um, where each of those spots was and, you know, how that, how you were able to do seven countries, seven marathons in seven days? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I think that was, I mean, my 2019 has been, you know, unbelievably ridiculous. I've been super fortunate to have gotten to, to do these kind of things. And, um, I think I've already raced over or run competed like done fkts over like 1100 miles um huh. in 2019 and 
It's just turning into May. So, you know, that was as many miles. I was really proud of 2018 doing 53 events and kind of being around that same, you know, mileage threshold. And so to already be there now is is unbelievable. But, yeah, one of the events I took part in this year is a a really amazing race called the World Marathon Challenge. It's uh, seven marathons uh, in seven days on seven continents, and it's put on by – a guy named Richard Donovan. He's a really cool Irishman from, uh, from well, he lives like everywhere now. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I've heard. He's from a, from a town called Galway in, in Ireland, and I met him luckily enough in uh, one of the 50K World Championships. He was hosting it, and we just got on really well, and he's just such a cool guy. So I, I, it's, for me, it's a... It's a awesome opportunity to kind of catch up with him and his team and um a great chance to kind of see the world and i did it in 2017 and set an average time of 245 and then 2019 wow. i did it again uh just because it was a kind of a different route and another opportunity to go to a different spot on antarctica and so uh when the the chance to go came up again i took advantage of it and uh so i did that starting in late January, early February of 2019, and what we did is we all flew to Cape Town, South Africa, and from there, uh, as a group, there was 40 of us, we flew to Novo Ice Station in Antarctica, we ran a marathon there, Wow! Uh, flew, ba- flew back uh, five and a half hours after, you know, two, <laughs> two hours after the marathon uh, finished, we were back in the plane, flew five and a half hours to Cape Town. Uh, got out of the airplane, ran a marathon in Cape Town, South Africa. From there, we flew 22 hours to Perth, Australia, ran a marathon there, jumped in the plane. Uh, From there, flew to Dubai, ran a marathon in Dubai, Uh, got back on the plane, flew to Madrid, ran a marathon there on an F1 track, which was really interesting because it's kind of hilly. Yeah. so that was a little bit unusual. And then your body's trying to deal with not just the travel and time change, but also the temperature change. So the temperature differential between Antarctica and Cape Town was uh, almost like, I don't know, 50 Celsius or something like more. Amazing. Uh, it was about zero Fahrenheit and about 100 degrees um, uh, in Cape Town. So like your body's like, what's going on? Uh, and then from there uh, in Madrid, we flew all the way across the Atlantic down to Santiago, Chile, ran a marathon there, and we finished in Miami. So uh-huh. flew up to Miami in the U.S. And then uh, I was lucky enough to um, you know, win all those races, which was cool. And then from there, I decided to do three additional races to try to set the 10-day world record for 10 marathons in 10 days. Ah, okay. So, so I added three additional marathons. I live in Ar- Arlington, Virginia, or washington dc area and did three additional marathons in the uh, washington dc area that's incredible now i understand how those two link together so you were able to get 10 and (laughs) that is really incredible and to be a part of that group of people and see all of those places is is really i'm sure rewarding and quite you know community building um but on on a little bit more i guess slower scale if if you could say that, I know that you're also uh, the record holder, um, at least as, as far as I know, for the World Marathon Major Series, 
which takes us to the big ones, right? To New York, Chicago, Tokyo, uh, Berlin, all, all those ones. Is, is that correct? Yeah, I, I think the, the one caveat on that is I, I have the record for doing them all in the same year. I think maybe somebody else has probably been faster doing them all separately. Ah, uh, um, yeah, okay. Not, mm-hmm. not by much, but but yeah, I think there's there's people that have run them faster over like, you know, a couple years or five years or something. Um, you know, they have, a, they, they have a build up for one and do really well and then, you know, it's a couple of years before, or they do another one the next year, you know, type thing. Neat. And so. out of all those majors, um, I'm sure, you know, you told me about your first marathon was in Boston. Would you say that that is by, yeah. for you, the most special of all the major marathons? Um, I always tend to say that Boston's special because none of the, uh, I would never have gotten to do any of the other stuff had I not run Boston. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's something beautiful about New York and Chicago, and um, I had a great experience in Tokyo, um, yeah, and London It's is, I mean, they're all special, they're all part of that series for a reason, you know, Berlin is so fast, and the people are so amazing, like, mm. um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, they're, they're all pretty amazing, so, um, just, just to be able to, to be on the starting line of any of those races, and really, I feel like that about a lot of races, um, is, is such a privilege. Yeah, I, I agree, I, I've not been, done Tokyo, um, uh, or London, so I, I have yet to see that, but I, I know the crowds and the people running through the neighborhoods of all those cities is just such a gift, um, and they really treat it as such. Um, I'm, so let, let me just uh, pose one more question to you here as we, as we finish up. I, I was just wondering what, what advice you would give to, uh, you know, to someone who's getting into distance running and would like to, would like to do a little bit more and then um, maybe you could share with us what you have planned next. I know the world record tomorrow is a big deal. May the 4th be with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, any, anything else you want to share with, with our running anthropologists out there? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the biggest thing that I could recommend to people um, that are, you know, kind of getting into it or looking to do a little more is um, it, it's, it's not something that – is easy to just jump right into, like, even though, you know, I, I kind of went, like, right, if you, if you heard my story at the beginning, like, I was like, oh, I just want to run a marathon, but it took me a year to do the training to get there, and so, like, it's something that I feel like is uh, a slow build, and the best, the best, and the coolest thing about running is, um, if you're willing to put the time in, and the and the energy and the dedication, like you'll see results. And so like the biggest thing that I could recommend to people is be consistent, uh, do the work, uh, and then choose goals that are audacious and big for you, uh, that are going to get you fired up to get out the door and, and do that work. That's going to allow you to, to explore the world. And so like, uh, for me, like it was running the Boston marathon. That's what got me started. And then once I did that, I set another goal and another goal and, you know, I continued to set goals, and, you know, as uh, an older athlete, like, those goals are, are maybe different than they were 10 years ago, but I think we all have the opportunity and the ability to kind of define what we think of as success, and, hmm. you know, every every time we go out, um, we can have 
you know, may, we may not have the race we want or the result that we were looking for, but, you know, something about that effort uh, is going to come in useful. And for me, like, it was so cool to, you know, I had a couple, um, I haven't had many um, opportunities to, to not have success as far as, like, uh, dropping out of races. I think I maybe dropped out of six or seven races in my entire, like, 23-year uh, career of running. But wow. uh, every one of those I've, like, learned from. And I used all that uh, when I was running across Israel. Like, all the things that I had done wrong previously, um, you know, I was able to, to say, like, oh, I know where that is, and, and kind of use that uh, knowledge. And so... You know, even if you don't have the result that you're looking for, you're going to gain something from it, and everything has value. And it's just how you how you kind of mine it and what you uh, get out of it. And and you can also define like, okay, maybe maybe that was not. You know, I'm we're going to be running a hundred kilometers tomorrow, and I'm going to be going for some records for um, 45 to 49 age group. And there's some pretty stout records, and uh, we have other guys that are going for like world records and. Um, it's going to be cool to like see how everyone is, uh, we're in the same race, but we're all trying to do different things. And, uh, you know, we can have only one person make it and it's still a success. And so I think that's, what's so cool is like, um, and even if we all don't make it, it was still a success because we went out there and we tried, and, you know, sure. we learned something more about it ourselves than we did before we started. And I think we can all do that. Well, you've, you've inspired me, and I'm sure many others uh, today and throughout your career. We'll be uh, we'll be following you, and of course, I'll be posting all of your links on uh, on our webpage and uh, our Facebook page, and hopefully, a few others will find uh, find joy in your running, as well as all the things that you're trying to share with the world. Uh, your coaching, uh, your team, One One team, and uh, all future uh, future challenges. We look forward to. To hearing more about it and hopefully having you on another time yeah that would be great i mean i've got some other fun stuff coming up you were asking like what i have next i think after this i'm going to do a spartan race just to keep things interesting and i think that's the other thing that you know people could do you may just think of yourself only as a road runner but you might have um have some fun doing a trail race and if you're a trail runner you might have a really good time doing a doing a road run like big sur or um even just uh, fast 5k like hmm. um or a, a spartan race or um or you know just something that you're not that you haven't done before <laughs> because it's an opportunity to see you may love it or you may hate it you know and maybe something that you don't like but you know i've run up buildings i've run on treadmills for you know 24 hours i've <laughs> wow. records pushing my kid in a jog stroller and running as elvis and uh, <laughs> spider-man and so like there's there's a lot of different ways you can you know have fun with your running and uh, i think uh, before we go i mean something that if people are you know looking for something to do and, and they want to give back there's always guiding and, and i think i've found a lot of value in that and I've uh, guided for a double amputee, a guy named Brian Reynolds, and hmm. um, also a visually impaired athlete named Chaz Davis, who's super fast and strong. Like, both of them are, like, you know, going for world records. And um, so there's a there's a way that you can, you know, give back and have value to other people in the community also with your fitness. So, um, you know, if people are looking for different things to do, or uh, there's there's a lot of ways that you can, you know, help, help the community in still get um you know still get your own joy out of running so and wow. yeah like i hope i hope you guys uh 
have a great time and thanks for uh, reaching out. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for being on our podcast. And thanks to all of you for joining us on this journey today and spending time with myself and Mike Awardian. We're going to be posting all of his links on our website and on our Facebook page, all the things that we talked about, as well as ways to keep track of him in future endeavors. We cannot wait. Future weeks are going to be absolutely amazing, including a quick preview. We have Deb Voiles talking about her documentary film on running, The Human Race as well as Jorge Garcia, who is a wonderful runner, giving back to the running community through pacing. And he has also done his own journey through the seven marathons and seven continents. We're gonna be hearing a little bit from him about his running in Antarctica, through the Marine Corps Marathon, all sorts of other cool stuff coming up. Can't wait to see you next week.